I'm Tanya J. Powers for Fox News Radio. Today I'm spending a few moments with John Resnick of the Goo Goo Dolls. Hello. John, thank How are you for you? coming in today. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm glad that you came in. Um, I know we're talking about something really important and very exciting yes. too. Uh, the Garden of Dreams Foundation and the Concert for Dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is happening th- this week, tomorrow night. As a matter tomorrow of fact, night. you're one of many on the uh, on the roster. You got some you got some friends that are are going to be performing for these kids yeah yeah it's pretty it's uh pretty amazing the guys from oar who are a great band uh mark robert is a really great guy and when he called um to ask me if i wanted to be involved and i was like sure you know him gavin degraw is fantastic uh, Robert Randolph is playing, mm-hmm. you know, and and many more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a star-studded night, pretty much. Um, if you, why did you get involved in in helping the Garnet Dreams Foundation? Well, I got involved because Mark called me, and he's a super nice guy, and asked <laughs> if I would do it. And I'm like, sure, you know. And I kind of, you know, and then uh, I learned a little bit more about it later on. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's it's just it's just a great thing. My band, the Goo Goo Dolls, just whenever we do charity work it's always it has to be for kids and and women it's like children and women and just because there's so many situations in this world where women and children are the most vulnerable to the stupidity of men <laughs> okay so uh okay that's a good way to put that i guess well i, never thought I don't it like know that. is it a bad way to put it uh, i don't know a truthful just, way to put it, it just maybe? well it just feels to me like you know i mean like i i mean i grew up in a crazy abusive house so it was like you know um to be able to help a kid who's dealing with a situation like that i mean it's that's it's the kind of thing that i feel truly blessed to be able to be a small part of when you get to meet kids in that in those kind of situations where you're doing that kind of work and yeah. you're volunteering your time yeah um how does that how does that feel? How does that I cry. <laughs> I yeah. cry like I'm such a baby. I instantly turn into a baby. And I like I have a daughter who's just a little over a year old now. And I've never cried so much in my life. It's like everything is just, it, it just devastates me. And, and w- the thing that amazes me most about looking at my little girl is, um, oh, I'm getting choked up about it now. But like every morning I just pray that like I can always take care of her. And... And when we take her to the doctor and we can pay the bill or when we can buy her a nice toy. And then I always think about how um, how hard so many parents have it, mm-hmm. you know, and how many times my parents had to say no to me, not because they wanted to, but because they had no choice. So to be able to to help a kid out in some kind of way, you know, is, is just it's it's really really it's a blessing to be able to do it and that's the only way i can describe it i saw some of the pictures of of you and your daughter when uh, right i guess right after she was born mm-hmm. just makes you all mushy to look at yeah, it's look, a you do- oh you're gonna do- okay good Wait, he's got some new ones on the phone so people can't see but, it's all right i will but, narrate <laughs> I love the fact that you're pulling out the iPhone. It used to be the wallet, and everybody yeah. would pull out the... Oh, That's her now. Look at this baby. I know, right? Oh, and what does She's her like a little say? leprechaun. You should see her mom, because her mother is like this this voluptuous Argentine beauty uh-huh. who's like dark skin, black hair, black eyes, and there you go. There's, there's a little... She's like a little Resnick. She's like a little, um, you know, but uh, yeah. That is, that is adorable. Yeah, she's my... I love her. Like so much, I can't believe it. How does this affect uh, having a child? How does that affect your look at you know what you do for a living and and as an artist? 
Well, when I first, when she was first born and I held her, I thought to myself, I thought two things to myself when I was just holding her was don't screw this person's life up first. And the second one was, oh man, you got to work a lot more. You got to make a lot more money, you know, because, because, you know, she's, she's a little girl. You want to, you know, I mean, you know, I was really hoping for a girl. Because I love the idea of being adored and manipulated at the same time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you were expecting that from a girl. I I, I always expect that from girls. You know? I love but, that. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in a house full of women, so. I know so that. now tell me about uh, what else you've got going on because I know you're you're like you said you're part of the uh, yeah the concert this week right uh, which is a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, that's that's a really big thing. I mean, we're doing we're doing some shows here and there. I think we're going to Europe this summer um we're playing festivals over there uh, which we haven't done in a long long time and i'm really i'm really excited about going to latvia and poland um but but uh that'll be interesting and then um and i'm uh mixing a live album right now that's gonna come out later this year i don't know when um and that that's been a really interesting process Mm -hmm. so it's been a lot of fun to sort of capture a bunch of shows and put them all back together again is that difficult i mean when you when you record a live album a lot i think a lot of us think oh well it's just one show and it's the whole thing and no, that's how it was no. that's not really how that works. I, no i didn't want it to be that way i wanted to just find the best performances and it's and it's interesting because some of the performances are in front of a thousand people and some are in front of ten thousand people so so you know it's it's different it's different but i think i think my what i wanted to really put together onto two pieces of vinyl was um, just my favorite performances of what we did. Mm -hmm. I was looking at... um I mean, there's so many ways people can get their music now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's changed drastically, even over the last five years. Yes. Uh, you no longer have to go out and buy the CD and get the entire no. thing. You can now cherry pick on you know streaming services yeah. and things like that. How do, you, how do, you, do you like that? You know, there's always... I'm torn right now because... There's there's sort of um, what somebody was explaining to me called the attention economy, you know, where it's like you see these people like Beyonce or I don't know, whoever, pop artists. We're not really, we're not a pop band, but these pop artists and they, they just a single every three months, every two months, releasing three singles simultaneously, mm-hmm. just doing these things. It's like, because because there's the attention span is so... Small and it, it's kind of interesting because a friend of mine. I mean, we were, t- we were we were discussing this like where an entire album or or a whole book that you read, you know, would gradually immerse you into into an experience mm-hmm. and take you out the other side. And that was a commitment of time that took that. But because of the internet, everything is sort of like reverted back to this reptile brain. How many times can I get this person to p- press the button? You know, and it's mm-hmm. very almost Pavlovian in in a strange way to mm-hmm. me. So, and and um, I think it's it lacks a sort of richness to the experience. That being said, it's like, do I put five songs out, four songs out? Do I do I wait two years and put you know twelve songs out? What do I do? I don't know. You know, because the attention span of the average human being is so short now. Does it feel like you have more control as an artist now? Nobody really tells me what to do, you know, mm. except my manager once in a while. But that's usually like, you know, don't wear those pants, you know, <laughs> just things like that. 
But uh, <laughs> over the music, no, you know, I mean, I've found some interesting people that I love collaborating with, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they sort of added, I mean, I've been doing this a very long time since I was 18 years old, 19 years old. So, you know, um, eventually you start to you start to echo yourself. So, so, so I found some really interesting people to collaborate with and, um, and it's really interesting to take a piece of music and then get their take on it, you know, really mm-hmm. cool producers and writers and, you know, it's fun. Do you ever sit down with a song and say, okay, this is how I think it should sound and, and here's my take on it and then it comes out sounding like something completely different? Every time. Yeah. Every t- I, I, I would, I would, I would have to say, yeah, ninety percent of the time, it just it turns out completely different. But I like that. I like when the song starts to lead me, you know. And I have to I have to be very careful because along you know with the computer age, I mean, I always sat down with like a little cassette recorder and my acoustic guitar, and I would just sit there all night and just fill cassettes with ideas, and then go digging through those and find stuff, and then and that would work. But now. I, you know, I, I use my laptop and a microphone and, and I'll program a drum beat and then, and then it's, all of a sudden you start producing. So I, you have to be very careful to, to actually write before you start to produce. Because I think, I think a lot of music nowadays is sort of lost in its own production value. Like, for example, there's a lot of smoke but no fire. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, meaning, wow, that sounds really cool, but what are you saying? What are you trying to tell me? I don't hear it. Part of that's because I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of influences did you have? Because I know that there's got to be people who have told you, man, you were a huge influence on me. Who yeah. who would you tell that to? Who would I tell that to? Um, well, probably tell it to Tom Petty if he were alive. Actually, I did tell that to Tom Petty when he was uh-huh. alive, and uh, he was very gracious about it. Uh, I told that to Sting. Uh, and he, his response to me was, don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said? Yeah, I think he was in one of, he was having a tantric hissy fit there. But, um, and then, um, you know, uh, guys like, um, you know, like Echo and the Bunny Men, Elvis Costello, um, God, there's so many, Gang of Four, um, you know, which is odd because none of our music sounds like any of that. But those were the bands that I truly loved. And, you know, The Who, Kinks, uh, The Rolling Stones, you know, and, um, you know, Who's Could Do, Soul Asylum was a big influence on me, you know, um, Uncle Tupelo was early, 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 early on. Those were the bands that I really... You enjoyed mentioned, the Buzzcocks. And, you mentioned that your band doesn't sound anything like those. How did you get from an influence of, of like some of these to, to your sound? I, you know what? It just it comes in the left ear. You know, it gets rattled around in my brain <laughs> and then comes out the other side on the guitar. And that's, yeah. and that's I mean, all music is, is derived from something else. And, and once it gets run through the filters you know, of your own perception of what that music is. I mean, you know, you and I are looking at a red banner right there, but it looks completely different to both of us, I think. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, it's natural to reinterpret what you hear um, as, as a young artist, you know. And then one day, wherever it comes from, it starts to become more your own, 
which is which is really important. And that's that's another thing too. You know, I feel I don't feel a lot of young artists get the chance to take the years that it that that it needs to de- that they need to develop into their own identity. Mm-hmm. You know, everything everything feels a bit derivative of something else, and and it's. And I think it's because people are in such a big rush to get out, to get the hit, to get the single, to get this, to get that, you know. And um, you know, and I think it's because the internet has has definitely changed the uh, the amount of money people are making, the amount of money that record companies are making, you know, or the ways that they're making money, you know. Um, I mean, there's just not a ton of cash in it like there used to be, so. And say, I guess, you know, that's one of the reasons that people, I guess, talk about how expensive concerts are and things like that these yeah. days, because I guess that's where their revenue stream has to come from for in a large part. That's a huge revenue stream. I mean, that's that's the majority of your revenue stream You know, now. I mean, you know, if you, you know, I never I never give young bands advice, you know, but like, you know, we'll tour with a young band if somebody asks me my opinion or my advice. I'm like, you know, don't. Don't ever sell your publishing and, you know, build up a loyal following. Keep going out and keep touring and keep touring and keep touring and you build a loyal following because that that ultimately your publishing and your your live audience, that's what's going to keep the gas in the tank, you know. Yeah. What yeah. what do you what are you listening to these days? Oh gosh. I you know, I've been listening to the first couple of Oasis albums, because I just love the way they sound. Mm-hmm. What's the story? Morning Glory. That's a brilliant record from top to bottom. Kick-ass metal, which is a playlist. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chain Smokers, which I really like. Oh yeah. Gosh, let's see what else is in here. Wait, let's see. Library. Uh, artists. Echo and the Bunnymen, I started listening to those old albums again. Mm. It was really cool. There's a really cool album um, called Heaven Up Here that I love. Uh, I'm listening to Bob Dylan. Uh, Springsteen. Gotta listen to Springsteen. Cheap Trick. Claude Debussy. Daywave, which I really like. And I love Depeche Mode. I, I love Depeche Mode. Um, I love this eclectic mix you got going here. This is yeah, great. Flaming Lips, Frank Sinatra, <laughs> and then Franklin Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> all over the road. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I'm all I'm, I'm just weaving it out. I think that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you, we were talking about the live show, and I, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but mm-hmm. uh, is there anything you, you fixate on, think about, uh, meditate on, whatever, before you go out and do a show? Um, What's your prep for that? I'm here for them. I'm here for them. They're not here for me. I'm here for them. You know, you make me, I want to make the experience about them, not myself, you know, because that, that, um, I think doing that puts the right perspective on it. You know, it's like, it's like really, it's like you you can't suck and you can't, I can't develop an attitude of, you know, well, they all came to see me, you know, it's like, it's bad. No, it's like, I'm here to kick ass for those people, you know, and it's very much, it's, it's, it's an awesome job, but it's, it's, you know, basically I'm in the service industry, you know, I'm providing a service to these people, you know, they're having a good time. That's my job. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. It wasn't always like that. I had to learn the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> was there a point where, where it, it dawned on you, um, hey, I probably need to look at this a different way? I mean, do you remember what, what that was? 
Um, what don't what what made me look at it a different way? Um, I think I think after doing it, you know, successfully for about ten years, you know, and then you hit you start to hit bumps in the road. You know, you hit a bump, and it's like you hit a bump in the road, and things things don't go as well commercially or whatever, critically, commercially, whatever. And um, if you're relying on external sort of praise to sort of fill the the hole inside yourself, that's when you get into trouble because the world changes its can change its mind like that. And then who are you? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. I'm this person with a hole inside me. You got to like, you got to fill yourself up and project that out. At least that's just me. You know, if I'm getting too weird, you know. No. You know, but it's like if you have a strong sense of yourself, you don't need to be addicted to applause. I know people who are addicted to applause and fame, you know. It seems that. like that would be easy to get. I mean, that's pretty. It's, you know, you know, uh, you know, hits the same part of your brain that cocaine does. So, you know, I'm definitely addictive. I'm sure you still hear a lot of applause, and you will tomorrow night. I, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm happy. I'm happy when people enjoy themselves when they come to see, you know, what's going on. And what I think is going to be really, really interesting about it is that um, <clears throat> Mark's band, you know, OAR is, is, you know, they're the backup band for me tomorrow. And I was just telling these guys in the car, and I'm going to be. I know I'm going to be like, oh man, they're better than my band. <laughs> I'm going to be all. I'm going to go into rehearsal next week and be like, you guys got to play better. <laughs> Why? Because I played with this band in New York and they kicked our asses. But, I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody can uh, can see you tomorrow night and, uh, of course, on tour. On yes, the at the, the Beacon Theater tomorrow night. Absolutely. The Concert for Dreams, of course, benefiting the Garden of Dreams Foundation, which mm-hmm. is an amazing uh, organization. Yeah. And uh, I know you're having a lot of fun. You'll have a lot of fun tomorrow night. I will. Thank Thanks. you for coming in to spend a few moments. Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Talking to John Resnick today of the Goo Goo Dolls. I'm Tanya J. Powers. This is Fox News Radio. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.